right, all right, all right, all right. Day 220. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see our selves. All right. So this is the last day of the book of Zeke. My man, Zeke, Ezekiel, uh, final day of the book of Ezekiel. And again, he is still in this vision, this vision of a restored <clears throat> people or excuse me, a, re- a restored uh, temple. And so he has this long temple vision from 40 to 48. And in chapter 45, where we pick up today, he continues <laughs> talking about the temple. But the interesting thing he does in 45 <clears throat> is he shows that the temple itself wasn't supposed to merely be a sacred space. So stop right there. Um, We've shown in previous episodes that the temple was where the presence of God dwelt with man, right? It was this sacred, holy space that was set apart for the Lord. But what he shows in 45 was that the land, the actual place that Israel uh, dwelt was supposed to be a sacred space as well. It was supposed to be a holy place. And it's interesting because even when you read back in the Pentateuch, uh, when the Lord says, hey, you know, basically don't obey me, don't oppress each other, don't... uh, you know, worship idols. He says you will defile the land. He doesn't even say you'll defile the temple. He says you'll defile the land. <clears throat> and so in this text, he's talking about a restoration uh, of that land because of the presence of the new temple. We'll unpack more of it as we keep it moving. And he talks about the land allotment. This echoes back to Joshua. Remember when the people of God came into Canaan, they allotted, they were allotted their inheritance, the text would tell us. Um, but here it says something very interesting. It says, this is what the Lord God says. You have gone too far. Princes of Israel put away violence and oppression and do what is just and right. Put an end to your evictions of my people. This is a declaration of the Lord God. You are to have honest scales and honest dry measure and an honest liquid measure. What the Lord is saying is this part of the restoration of worship and the, uh, elements at the temple was a reviving of proper ethics in the land as well. So in other words, God speaks here of his heart to uh, purify the land and make it sacred space. And that actually has practical implications. So it's not just random. It is not just theological. It is not just ethereal. It is actually practical for God to purify the actual place of Judah That means no more oppression needs to be there. That means no more violence needs to be there. That means no more bribery needs to be there. That means no more dishonest scales and weight and charging those who were already needy uh, uh, debts, putting them in debts that they could never pay back, right? And so the Lord is very clear that he wants his people to be a certain kind of way. 46 comes. And 46 will come and bring up just that all of Israel's feasts, all of Israel's festivals, all of Israel's holy days were to be done here as well in the future. Right. And this was a way. Listen, this was a way that the people worshiped the Lord and they were to do it exactly as God had prescribed it. And the festivals had this uh, remembrance theme to them. Right. Remember. No pun intended. Remember that the festivals were meant to uh, help the people of God uh, live in a state of remembrance of the Lord's salvation from Egypt. He talks about the sacrifices and how they would uh, 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 sanctify and atone for the people's sins. The whole (coughs) the whole nine yards, excuse me. Um, So Ezekiel goes into detail or 
Ezekiel doesn't go into detail like the book of Leviticus does, but Leviticus does for your own reading. All in all, what Ezekiel is trying to say <clears throat> is that holiness is needed for sustained communion with God. This is why he speaks of all of these rituals, right? That would make them uh, clean and pure before the Lord. But he also uh, has the distinctives that would set them apart uh, of the festivals, that would set them apart from the world at large. All in all, I think what the Lord wants us to know for today is that uh, the Lord wants us to be holy because he's holy. <laughs> the Lord wants us to be holy. He redeemed us so that we could be a holy people, right? Like that is the whole purpose of God's, that's not the whole purpose. That is one of the main reasons why God saves us so that we would be renewed people and renewed, not just in our heart, not just getting the fuzzies when people talk about Jesus, but actually living different in the here and now. 47. Um, I love what 47 does because one of the things that you see in the prophets is that they tend to converge their prophecies. Listen, uh, so so much so that 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 um, you can't often tell if he's talking about a near fulfill, fulfillment or a far fulfillment. So what Ezekiel mentions in the previous chapter, right, for the most part, ought to be fulfilled when the second temple was rebuilt twenty years after the exile. We talked about this last episode. So in other words, they come back to the land, rebuild a temple. It's like no, don't oppress people, right? Like clear. But what forty seven and forty eight talk about. <clears throat> is the end of human history. So Ezekiel is kind of converging all of these prophecies uh, in one kind of narrative, right? And so he's talking about the end of human history here and uh, how the temple, <clears throat> how the whole world will become uh, a temple, right? So the, 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 the temple, and this is for free right here. Listen, the temple was modeled after the Garden of Eden. Right. And here he says that the the whole world will be modeled after after the temple. And so it's interesting that you have this kind of like uh, relationship relationship between the two that goes back and forth. And you see here that this life giving river will come from the temple. It says every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows. And there will be a huge number of fish because this water goes there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere the river goes. He says this river will flow from God's temple and give life to everything and everyone in the land. You flip your Bible to the book of Revelation and it will talk about the river of the water of life flowing from, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I love it because John chapter 4 will say that Jesus, right? It will talk about Jesus as the one who can give living water. He provides to those uh, uh, to, to people spiritually right now today as a result of coming to him. Uh, the living water that God said will come from the temple at the end of time. <clears throat> so what can we conclude? That... God himself will be the source of this living water in this renewed temple for his people forever. And he goes on and on and he talks about the apportioning of the land to the tribes and to foreigners. Again, this is not just for Jews. This is also for Gentiles. 48 comes and he says that this place is not just a land. It is not just about a temple. It is not just about garden imagery in Eden. He says it'll be a city. <laughs> The perimeter of the city, verse 35 of chapter 48, the perimeter of the city will be six miles and the name of the city from that day on will be the Lord is there. So we have new temple imagery, new garden imagery, but also city imagery. And again, 
what Ezekiel is giving us is the Bible in miniature. <laughs> he is saying that God's plan since the Garden of Eden was to expand the entire uh, to, to fill the entire realm of the universe with his glory as his glory dwelt in the temple. And so this is why he conflates all of the imagery here to say, no, no, no. Like this is what the Lord is going to do, that we are going to live on a physical, real, tangible, bodily uh, world in resurrected bodies. Proof is in the resurrection of Jesus, but we will actually live with the Lord, right? The Lord's glory will shine, as I've said before, and as Revelation and Isaiah say, the Lord's glory will shine so much so that we don't even need the sun and the moon anymore, right? And the entire world will be ours to enjoy and worship God in it forever. And this is the end, fam. <clears throat> this is the end to which all of human history points. And the goal for us today and every day is to live to and for this end with our eyes on what is and will be ours forever. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would give us eyes that looks forward to heaven. God, and we know that heaven will come to earth in the new Jerusalem, the new city, the city of God, where we will dwell with you and with the crucified and resurrected Messiah forever. We pray that our minds will be focused on this goal so that we can somehow reach it, as Paul says. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.